Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broken Art Podcast. My name is Adam, your co-host. I'm Callie Medley, your other co-host. Broken Art Podcast is where we conduct right with the... Oh, boy. The Broken Art Podcast is where we conduct widespread research on the topics of music, theater, performing arts, and everything you care about, all through our amateur expertise. Amazing. That was hard to do for some reason. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to, I needed some forward momentum on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A little bit. Yeah. Well, how have you been? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm good. I've been, I just finished my three week stint of doing like exams to become a teacher and stuff. And Uh, you just passed a really important one. I just passed. I I have only one more in October. So uh, that's really good. I'm really excited about that. How about you, my friend? Uh, I've just been, uh, just been really creative for those of you on YouTube right now. <laughs> We're not the surprise ignoring is you. over. We're not ignoring you, I promise. No, the surprise is over. Uh, I have with here my dear friend, Riley Galata. Hello. He is a contemporary musician uh, specializing in guitar and electric guitar. He also has bass skills and drumming skills. Um, and so we brought him on today to talk about the contemporary music side of things and how that relates to everything that we talk about here. So welcome Riley. Thank you. Yay. Thank you you much. We'll put in like some applause here, right? You have that capability. (laughs) 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 It's just Callie and I clapping for you. Let's just get the overview. When did you start playing guitar? When did all these things start happening? Sure. Sure. Well, thank you. And thank you. Uh, (laughs) But um, I first picked up the guitar when I was 13, I believe. My uncle was, is a guitar player, has been for uh, 40 plus years at this point. And mm-hmm. my dad just at the time uh, asked him, you know, he thought it would be something I would be interested in as well as good at. And so he just asked his brother if he would like show me some stuff. And so, we were out visiting my family uh, about an hour upstate in New York, and he took me to Alto Music, uh, where he just like showed me and like tried on some different guitars for me. And he ends up handing me this mm-hmm. one PRS model, and I was like, "Yeah, this feels really comfortable. I really like this." We've been there for a couple hours at this point. He's like, awesome. Yeah, I actually have one of these at home that I never use. And you can just take it and, you know, you know, keep it as long as you want. Just make sure you give it back to me whenever you're done with it. And so from that point forward, I just got going. You just fell in love. Yeah. And you still have that guitar. Right. I do. I do. You never gave it back. I was about to ask, did you ever give it back or are you still thieving it away? Well, no, I still have it. I have not touched it in years. Uh. But, <laughs> but, but I, I, I just have not had the opportunity to bring it back from Minnesota to him here in New York. Who are your, uh, who are your guitar heroes? Not the video game, but like real life people. <laughs> 
heroes. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Well, I, I, that's um, the worst question to ask a professional musician. Like, what's your favorite instrumentalist of your, you know, please ruminate on it for a little while. Yeah. We'll be, oh, we can so cut out the thinking time. Prince. Mm -hmm. Entirely, like, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, at least by descendants of um, inspiration and motivation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all, all my current i would say genre that i identify with most is like um you know funk r&b um soul type stuff pino paladino uh bassist he uh sort of institutionalized a sound within funk and r&b that manifests itself within pop music now that that you know many mainstream listeners would sort of recognize and understand what does that sound like can you give us like a little description of what exactly you're referring to in that capacity uh, so he's as of recently he he's played with um pretty much anyone he's, he's played with so many people uh it's ridiculous he's played with erica badu uh d'angelo um, he is one of the core members of the John Mayer trio. He like helped create that feel of like that so laid back behind the beat sort of disjointed groove. We also have a certain uh, guitarist that uh, you tend to like model after, or or that you've 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 been told that you resemble Corey Corey Wong. Corey Wong. Um, yeah, I got it. Shout yeah. out. So he, he's a he's a Minneapolis-based uh, guitarist, most known for his work with the like mostly instrumental uh, funk group Wolfpack. I, I remember listening to Wolfpack when I was in like mid high school, only later to find out that like their primary guitarist just happened to be in the city that I would like be from the city that I would start to try to make a music career in, which was really inspiring and cool. He ended up. You know, I started going to college uh, at the uh, now foreclosed uh, McNally Smith College of Music. And after mm -hmm. getting there, finding out Corey Wong studied there before, like he got his degree there before, like going out and like doing and whatnot. And that was just this like sort of like built in inspiration of like, wow, this is, you know, it, it, it's really cool to come from a place like that and then find out that you're a lot closer to one of your like heroes. I have to ask, like, what, there's a lot of people who play guitar. Yes. Like, what, when you were growing up in high school, what, what, like, made, what, what was the distinction that, like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? And when did that happen? Yeah, I, I started taking classes at McNally Smith when I was a, a junior in high school. I was taking PSEO classes. And then I did the same for my senior year of high school. Um, and after doing those two years of, uh, you know, college classes while I was still working on my high school diploma, um, after I gotten my diploma, I, you know, was given the option of like, all right, do, is this what I want to do? Like, and, and it's, it's mm -hmm. it's weird because you you often don't think of it as 
an actual like it, like specific moment in time where it's like a, a key decision was made like it's usually like this like flow of events that like end up leading towards one thing but this was like a really mm. like key moment of like i graduated or, or you know i was coming up to graduation and i had to figure out what you know did i want to go to college did i not want to go to college what did i want to do um uh, and you know i said yes this is it this is what i want to do and mm. from that key decision to like stay at mcnally smith and continue to study after high school um mm -hmm. you know that's i told myself like all right this this is it this is do or die this is what i want to do with my life and so that's awesome yeah. and then you mentioned earlier that uh the now foreclosed mcnally smith Mu college of music yeah can you do you want to talk about that a little yes, bit yes yes oh many people could talk a lot about <laughs> oh my god what a um, i can't swear this is uh, thank you <laughs> family uh, show family show the first semester after i graduated that i had started taking classes there and was living in the dorms there uh, the school foreclosed the tightness of a community bound together by something uh, especially as creative as music uh, is truly special because like at McNally you know with only like three to four hundred students every year and you know working with teachers within the industry you all get very close. It's a very small community and you all sort of hold each other up through that. Mm -hmm. And it was great to see that community still thrive, even in the worst of circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was right before Christmas where, you know, teachers are just not, teachers who depend on that money, you know, it's not the easiest making a living in, the entertainment industry or music industry as a whole. And so teaching becomes like a, a very prominent like source of income and whatnot. And all of these teachers just had their last month of pay just like ripped away from them that they were supposed to get. So it was, it was terrible and it was hard. Um, I, as a student, did not get hit nearly as hard as any of the teachers who were owed money for you know their work and whatnot. But uh, it also taught me the incredible lesson, uh, especially uh, within the entertainment industry, which is that nothing is ever given. <laughs> you know, the college is traditionally uh, within society. This it, it almost acts as this form of like security blanket. It's it's in a lot of ways a a, a means and a community with which you embed yourself into to go and learn and grow as a human uh, through life and whatnot, but that was not that <laughs> for me because of this and it could not be that and in a lot of ways i there might not have been a better way to prepare all of us as in within the student body for the music industry and like teaching us how fickle it really is at like the end of the day um and and sort of keeping that in mind and having that like hard learned 
you know, having that lesson learned the hard way that early, I, as, as horrible as it was, was ultimately really beneficial, I would say. Mm -hmm. For as cheap as I was living in Minneapolis at the time, uh, I was able to like pay my rent and like support myself off of for mm. a good few months at least, which to me was like a really great sign. Uh, and that was a really like proud moment for me to just be like, well, I can pay my rent doing this. <laughs> Not something I thought I would be able to do <laughs> until like years from now. I'm like <laughs> a musician or something. <laughs> <laughs> Professional, look at that. Wow. For a lot of people that's like living the dream, just mm -hmm. doing their craft all the time. Like what, like what, how has that been? Through McNally, a Facebook page that was made after the closing, uh, the head of entertainment at Valley Fair at the time had put out like uh, an advertisement within the group uh, for, you know, they're hiring within entertainment. That went from playing from one night a week, one or two nights a week to six days a week. Uh, <laughs> multiple sets a day. Multiple sets a day. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You two are worked like uh, work like barn animals for a little yeah. bit there, huh? So, yeah. so Riley had Valley Fair um, the year before we met. So when we met, it was the second year that you were doing it. Yeah. And then this past summer, I, I was in the dressing rooms and I got to experience this uh, as it happened. It was amazing. But you had gotten a call from carnival cruise lines yeah saying that yeah, that's you right made it as as a rock band guitarist on a cruise yeah a full six-month contract i think it, the morning after i sent in the last of my audition materials they gave me a call the next morning yeah. and gave me the ship on that call oh wow like, like how yeah. Okay, so can you talk to me? This is the thing that always boggles my mind. Uh, I'm a teacher uh, by trade, um, and I think, you know, to being successful, at least in my amateur experience of the stamina that you need, the sort of excitement, you know, you what you put in, you get back sort of thing. Can you talk about, like, just the stamina that you need to be a, a musician in that capacity? Because you started off one night a week, right? Mm -hmm. Then you go from, you know, five times a week, multiple sets a day, and now you're on a cruise and this is what you're doing. Like, just walk me through that. Like, what do you need, like, physically, mentally, um, all of these things? Like, what does that look like? I mean, obviously there is practice, which is like within entertainment and specifically performance, everything. Like, practice is everything you know you mm -hmm. that is how we get our skills to the level at which we you know can be paid for them essentially and so just you know honing those in and into you know whatever is specifically expected of us whatever set list whatever repertoire we're expected to learn for a given gig doing that seven nights a week but yeah i started getting uh, repetitive strain injury within my wrist uh working mm that hard that often and like just not even playing seven nights a week but doing it for the expected four or five six months at a time just straight you know you're not doing it's not a six month contract where like you go okay get a month then you get like two week break and then go back to it and then, you know do another long stint and go back to it it's six straight months of six nights a week every single week and like that wow. kind of like regiment is 
really extreme. And I don't know if there's really quite anything quite like that anywhere else than the industry, if I'm being honest, but, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it, it, there definitely should be some physical as well as mental preparations for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just like knowing really living within the expectation or with within the knowledge of what is going to be expected from you and like knowing how to get yourself through that period, whatever that means, you know, mm-hmm. for you and that how, how you're going to do that healthfully for yourself. Obviously a lot of different genres and a lot of different music. Mm-hmm. Like how do you go about learning all of that in such a short amount of time? You know, you have to like do a lot of, preparation mm-hmm. yourself before you even got to the rehearsal studios oh yeah and, you know it was, it was expected of you to like know that already so what is your process of how to retain all that information and all that music so fast now it's really and and quite honestly that i think carnival was the largest amount of repertoire at like any single moment that like i had to learn i i think it that was working into about 160 songs or so the most i have ever been given at like a single point in time to like learn wow um i can barely remember my name sometimes yeah (laughs) jeez but you i i was very lucky in that the sort of progression of the way my career had unfolded um worked out to sort of prepare me for that like you know you play in high school and you play in bands and occasionally you'll have like these various opportunities for public performance where maybe you'll get like a 30 minute set and so you prep those six songs and like that in and of itself feels like a chore at that level and Mm -hmm. then you sort of get used to that and you get good at that and, and learning and like retaining six songs at a time becomes just like a normal thing and then I had the next level, which was performing in bar bands, which was, all right, you need to know 40 songs for at once for tonight. And that in and of itself becomes a challenge. And so you work on that and you just practice. Basically, my practice for that was just sheer repetition. And mm-hmm. just, you know, I would hammer out whatever I knew I needed to work on more than that, which I knew I already had down enough and in trying to just essentially ingrain it. Oh, wow. That's really awesome. Seeing that um, career trajectory, I I think um, um, seeing that and how logical each step is of where things are going. I think that's, um, Sometimes we don't think that it's logical. I think we're in the middle of things going on. We're like, what the heck is going on? My life's a whirlwind right now. Where am I going? Um, But I think perspective is really important. Um, So, you know, I kind of like to ask this question. I think I asked uh, this to Brett a few weeks ago. Um, Like, what's what's some, like, advice, you know, like, or what's something that you wish you would have known when you when you first started? I mean, like, being completely honest, you're still in the beginning of your career. Um, the three of us talking right here are in the beginning. We're not even close to our 30s. That we're closer to 20 than we are 30. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, but what's so like some perspective? You know, you're not the same from when you were 18 to 20. You're not the same from when you're 20 to 25. So like, what, what's some perspective that you wish um, younger you would have had? 
be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's said a lot, but I definitely didn't really like take it to heart within like my younger years of, but just say yes to everything. Mm. Say yes to everything. There, the the entertainment industry is a very fickle environment and there is a lot of ups and downs with it. Uh, after my first year at Valley Fair, I, I think I went a good uh, six months without getting any like consistent paid work mm-hmm. playing music. You know, I was working at like a coffee shop to get by. There's the applause. There's the applause at seven o'clock. There it is. That's New York. <laughs> We're applauding for your great guitar work. You're saving the world one uh, C major chord at a time. Um, no, please continue. You know, they might have paid like 25 to 50 bucks a night and they were like, you know, cherry pick moments over the course of like six months. You know, mm-hmm. that's not making a career for yourself that is essentially a hobby. And like in a lot of ways, you, you sort of have to treat it like that in the sense of never stop working for it and never stop, uh, never stop putting in the hours of practice and networking and like trying to put yourself out there mm-hmm. to, to go and find the connections and the opportunities that you want. Yeah. Yeah, mm. like getting out of your comfort zone, you know. Absolutely. Like, I, I find that a lot of uh, people who are in the arts tend to be kind of the more, because it's so personal to us, right, that we're so yeah. shy. Mm-hmm. But we forget that if we really truly want this to be a career, we have to get over that barrier and put ourselves mm. out there. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, I think it's really I, good. I heard this great bit of advice that wasn't uh, given to me. I, I just heard it from a friend. Uh, it was her first day of starting theater school, and they got all the new theater freshmen together. And the faculty come up there, one of the faculty says, you know, if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, go do that instead. Just because the it's so unforgiving. You know, um, I, I definitely have a different perspective on it because, um, you know, I, I have a day job. I'm going to have a day job of being a teacher, but um, uh, throughout college, my life has been performing from gig to gig and trying to find these steady gigs as a conductor and music director um, and stuff. And if you don't, like, if you're not committed to it, if you're like, oh, I don't think I can do this one, y- you know, then, okay, don't do it. Com- find something completely something else to do because your heart needs to be in it so so much and the people that inspire me the most participate in this despite the setbacks you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's a good transition into the biggest setback um that the world is feeling right now with this a global pandemic um you don't necessarily need to go into the specifics unless you want to of what setbacks you've experienced, but like, what's your, what's your way forward? What's your, I'm picking up this instrument every day. Cause I still believe in this. Like, how's that outlook for you? Uh, in a lot of ways it's, and for most of us, it's, it's a necessity. It is part of our way of, um, at least musicians, our way of coping. It is, you know, we're, it is, inherently such a social 
uh, career path. And, you know, for so many people just getting out and like playing or going to open jams at bars or gigging every weekend at bars, you know, getting paid consistent, consistently, even aside from the, the financial aspect of like people who are trying to support families doing that, mm -hmm. uh, there's like sort of like the spiritual element of just this, you know, this satisfies my soul and it's something that I can't do anymore. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's okay to admit that. And it, it's, it's, it's really hard. Um, and, and it's, it's just a good thing that we live in the day and age that is so centered around technology that we can still create music together while still apart. We can still record ourselves remotely and you know sync up videos of all of us playing together or just with ourselves it's a necessity because for so many of us it's all that we know how to do it's it's all that we really are is, mm -hmm. is that and and so we need to be able to connect with other people musically in whatever way that we can even if it can't be face to face and oh. so uh so riley uh, is visiting New York. Uh, we are in his family's friend's apartment who is letting, who is letting Riley stay here. Um, and so we just, we planned a little four day creative weekend and we've been doing that together. And it's, it's been like feeding my soul a lot. I don't know. How yeah. 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 It's, I haven't gotten to play music like with people in months. Right. Months. I think it's, oh, I think it's been gosh. since I, like, well, I guess that's a lie. I have played a, a handful of cherry-picked bar gigs, which have happened to pop out insanely. But, yeah, you know, this is, like, the first time I've ever really gotten to come and, like, record something with anyone and work on something like, that's, like, very permanent like that, in, in a sense. And, like, taking the time and the care to do that and everything that goes into that is something that I've, I've really truly missed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like really grateful for that. I can like start to do again. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, wow. this is probably a good time to like plug my oh, YouTube plug, channel. honey plug. <laughs> so Riley and I, uh, recorded like four songs yeah. together yeah. and we're gonna pop them out on my YouTube channel. Um, hey, when do you need to, me to send in my triangle part? You still can, do <laughs> you can do it actually after the podcast right now. Okay, good. I've been practicing yeah. a lot. Yeah, so um, you can follow uh, my YouTube channel. It's just Callie Medley. Um, you can also follow my Instagram or Facebook, Callie Medley. Simple, easy. All the stuff will be, uh, there will be links for you to go and watch the video if you're interested. So one last thing before we do our little outro section um so with covid and you know we're missing performing and mm -hmm. we're making do with what we got mm -hmm. how do you see music like contemporary music music production how do you see it changing in the future because of covid mm -hmm. interesting um i think there's going to be a lot of pent up uh, creativity that's just welling up within the music community as a whole 
over the course of this year, year and a half, maybe two years, uh, uh, before people can really start getting out to perform to large crowds and go start to see their favorite artists and not just music creators, but music viewers, Mm -hmm. audiences that are looking for this. And I think we're going to see a really huge spike in it once it first starts becoming available. Um, which will be amazing depending on when it's done and how safely it's done. But um, whenever the time comes that it is safe to do so, I think that there's going to be a, a large outpour of appreciation for it, knowing that it's something that's been gone for so long. You know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. live music specifically is something it's it's like one of the, those things that you don't necessarily actively appreciate until it's gone. And now that yeah. it's been gone for so long and will continue to do so for a number of months, at least, uh, it'll, I, 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 I can't say for sure whether or not it will, but my hope is that as a sort of a, a culture, people in general will start to have more appreciation for the arts as a whole and mm. live music mm-hmm. in ways that they maybe didn't before. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Great. Well, That's with that, right. do you want to lead our outro question? Sent it to you in the Zoom chat. W-I-Y-P-H. Wife. <laughs> <laughs> My wife. <laughs> What instrument? Nope. What? Wrong W. What? Oh, Wrong, which wh- which instrument? Well, no, not instrument either. What? It's the shortest W one. Why? Why? No, the second of the shortest. Oh. <laughs> Who? What is, who? Yes. Who, who is? is uh, hold on. We got I got. I got to see it again. Who is your good? Uh, who is your? Paternal? No. What? <laughs> you were referring to yourself, so I you just. Never... Autom- <laughs> If something's yours, it's very personal. Yes. What's your personal? Who who, who is? Your... Are you having difficulties, ma'am? I always do. It's never been easy for me. Who is your personal hero? Yes. Who's your personal hero? Who's your hero? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, artistically or otherwise? Just uh, this is very ended. Who is? Who's your hero? Who's your hero? I would say my hero is my, <laughs> I sound like a kindergartner. <laughs> my, my hero is my cousin, Job. Um, no, he's, <laughs> he's is actually um, uh, Job Christensen. Uh, my cousin, my, my, my dear family friend um, and uh, family. I, that was lame. <laughs> anyway. Your colleague. Um, yeah, so uh, he has always inspired me from from a very, very, very young age. Just being around him, uh, watching him perform, 
he uh, was in Broadway and touring productions and, you know, was always very busy and very uh, just inspiring. But beyond that, I think not only did he inspire me creatively, but he also inspired me as a person because whenever he walked into a room uh, and still to this day, he lights it up and he makes everyone that he talks to feel like they are special and that they are heard. And he really takes time with people. And I think if I can even just have an ounce of that, like I will be fulfilled. And so, um, and, and beyond that, I'm sure that we'll have him as a guest on the podcast one day. If we don't, uh, I'll be so sad because yeah. the few interactions I've had with Joe have just been like, you have such an interesting story. What about you, Riley? My uh, direct superior, uh, band leader, and bassist from uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, uh, Ashton Eve. He is Australian. And the way that he was able to hold so much importance on putting out such a high quality of a performance and helping each of us within the group do that on an individual level as well as the group as a whole. And everything that I learned from his guidance, not just as far as being a good musician, but just being a good person and especially operating within the really weird and like a lot of times extremely like toxic uh, natures of like living and working on a cruise ship and the ways that like he helped guide me through that Mm -hmm. and the standards that he kept for himself just as a person like caring for his musicians as a musician putting on the best show that he possibly could at any given moment Mm -hmm. and as a leader as a whole working with the entire music team on board and keeping us all connected keep trying to keep us all mentally physically emotionally healthy Mm -hmm. and also just his like vast knowledge of like music and and how not just technically but really internalizing the role of each element of an instrument and utilizing it to be the best performer that you can possibly be i I found probably more inspiration from him than any other person in my life Mm. as far as just being a human Wow. Uh, even outside of music and so Ashton. that's awesome that's amazing awesome. all right Gibby what's yours uh mine uh this is very obscure um it's a he's he's a comedian he's not a musician actually uh his name is Brennan Lee Mulligan um I think I've mentioned him once or twice on the podcast um but Brennan is a comedian he works with college humor um, when college humor yes. was still a thing, he was a writer on there for a long time. Appeared in a lot of the sketches, um, and the really nerdy part of me, what our listeners don't know, is like he's a he's a professional dungeon master for Dungeons and Dragons. For those of you who don't know about that little part of my life, um, and he has oh, yeah. this. 
Yeah, right, right. He's, he has a very successful series online, but um, the reason I admire him so much is um, his ability to be a storyteller, um, I think is, it's inspiring because it forces me to kind of look at like my body of work of when I'm uh, directing a choir, I was like, okay, what scene am I trying to pick do here and he was a philosophy person he went to college for philosophy right so whenever he says something whenever he creates something it's so like three-dimensional and there's all these aspects and when he talks about these things like oh my gosh i can apply this to my art form um and just his storytelling ability is what inspires me it's like okay how can i use my craft to tell a story in a convincing way um so yeah, that's my, he's my hero. Brendan Lee Mulligan, shout, shout out, out look him up. Heroes. Yeah, shout Keeping out to heroes. Inspired. Yes. yes. Well, thank you, Riley, for coming on to the podcast. The talented guitarist. Oh my gosh, so good. Uh, yeah, so thank, thank you, you so much, Riley. Thank you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Um, do you have any social media that you would like to plug? Any sort of media? Yes, all? I do. Uh, I have a Facebook page. It's just under my name, Riley Galata. I have an Instagram that is uh, r underscore gelato one. Yeah, um, it is. My, my, <laughs> that that gave. <laughs> once my lead singer on the boat found out about my Instagram handle, that became my nickname. Gelato. The full <laughs> thing r underscore gelato one. No, just like Riley Gelato <laughs> on guitar. Oh, <laughs> or just gelato on guitar. Gelato. Yeah, so yeah. that was that's funny. That was mine. Thanks, thanks, John. Um, <laughs> but uh, that uh, I also have a YouTube channel that would also just be under my name, uh, Riley Galata, and I think that's it. Great. Well, thank you everyone for watching and or listening. Um, you can follow us at Broken Art Podcast on. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can listen to the podcast and subscribe uh, on Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere that you find your good old podcasts at. Also, while you're there, uh, while you're listening, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Give us a like. Give us a share. It really, really helps with us. Uh, mm -hmm. So thank you for doing that. You can submit any questions you have using the hashtag ButPod. And I guess that's that's all. That's it. Uh, you can also send your questions uh, to brokenartpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, very nice. Well, everyone, Riley, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Callie, thank you for being my co-host. And everyone out there, <laughs> you have to do this. It's your podcast, too. Um, take your broken heart, make it into art. See you all next week. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.